Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is now available on Stitcher, along with all the other major podcast platforms. So if you like what you hear, don't forget to stay tuned and search for Zendependently Minded. The world is in our hands. Let's do something with it. So today's guest on Zendependently Minded is a major in criminal justice, one of the smartest, most intelligent people I know, also a huge, avid sports fan. Here's my good friend, Hector Morales. Hello. I'm good. I've been, like, super busy. I have way too many hobbies that I'm trying to do and not enough time. And, like, figuring out how to save up for vacations here in Europe with my girlfriend and then going to school and then working full-time and then, like, getting FAFSA figured out, all that stuff is, like, takes up most of my time. And then I'm trying to do a podcast, but I'm happy, so that's what matters. Well, it's important to, it's important that you're having something to do. Like you're not stuck in the house, sitting on your ass all day. You seem like you have a lot going on, so that's good. It's better to have more going on than to not have as much going on, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely, because, like when we first moved, remember when I when we graduated and then I left to Colorado like a couple months later. I was doing nothing, like, I wasn't in school or working, and I was literally just playing on my Xbox every day, and it got boring, and I, like, low-key was depressed, because I was, like, this is, like, I didn't have a purpose, and it was super... Yeah, there was, like, no motivation to want to go out and try to better yourself. Yeah, I was not happy at all, and then, then I started working, and then I went to school, and I was, like, yo, this is better. I'm, like, like, I was telling Kevin, because I remember we were both going through, like, where, you know, sometimes you get stuck in the grind and you're just like, all you do is work, go home, go on YouTube or whatever, and then just sleep. And mm-hmm. I was like, bro, I figured it out. I was like, if you have to sacrifice like an hour or two of your sleep, only get like seven or eight hours, but do something that you love, it's way better. Yeah. Way better. I definitely agree. Are you still like exercising and stuff too? Are you going to a gym over there? Um... My gym right now is just on post, and then I just hit my bag. I do a lot of jump rope running and, like, hitting my boxing, my punching bag. So just a lot of basic cardio and conditioning? Yeah, because, like, I was looking into, I think it was on Joe Rogan. He was talking about, like, how bad for your joints, like, weightlifting is and how you should just go to resistance bands. And I have some, well, so I'm... It's all dependent on how much weight you're doing. Like, if you're a power lifter... I think that's going to have more of a wear and tear on your body than if you're just like an average an average Joe hitting the gym, doing a plate or two, nothing too crazy. I think that's what that's more referring to. But, I mean, I get what you I, mean. You're, you're conscious of it. It's good. I already have, like, super bad knees and bad back. So it's like I haven't squatted in a while. I was Squatting was always my favorite, but, like, I had the worst back problems. Because in high school when I joined football, they didn't teach you how to properly squat. They just told you, like, <laughs> go squat. And I was doing it wrong the whole time. Dude, that's awful. Dude, high school coaches for football are the worst. Like, actually. No. They are. They, they, There's trash. They're not good at coaching football, period. Unless you're from, like, L.A. or uh, Oregon. Oregon always, like, produces QBs for some reason. I and think it's Texas. more their system. In my opinion, for Oregon, they just have a really good high-paced system, and it works out. I just noticed... Fast black guys. (laughs) I just noticed that, like, when I was in the two high schools that I went to, 
Like, they let everybody stay on the team. There's no tryouts just so they could raise enough money. But I'm like, if you got a school with money, then, like, people actually go play there. And there's real talent. Like, East Lake shit again. <laughs> they're trash. They got... What was it last name? year, though? Yeah, last year. But this year, they're, like, 1-3 starting, I think. And then, like, it was weird. Coach Mack came back. Like, Coach Trop left after, like, winning the championship or getting close. I was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, no, he was literally suspended because he was lying about... I don't know how many people's grades. It was insane. Jeez. It was literally the whole scandal, dude. Really? He still worked on about... campus. Yeah, dude, it was a whole scandal. He, I don't want to name names and stuff, but it was like multiple players on the varsity team. Some of them were juniors, but a lot of them were seniors. And he wanted to <clears throat> make sure that they were able to make grades and to be able to like not be seen by the scouts. It was like... Um, like lower tier talents because they weren't making grades so yeah he tried to hook it up Damn. but he got caught <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Kind of cheat. yeah i know huh he just pulled a what's his name damn uh he just but pulled Jerry a Sandusky? no oh. <laughs> no he just bought a car for reggie bush's mom what's his name oh yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> seahawks yeah. coach Pete carroll yeah Pete carroll jeez no jerry sandusky though that was crazy. Dude, I was like, I don't know how old I was. I was like 12 when that was going on. That was so crazy. Like, I had no idea how big of a deal was that was until I thought about it, like, a couple months ago. I was like, this man was literally, like, taking middle school and high school recruits and, like, grooming them, grooming them, and then sexually abusing them in the showers, bro. Dang. How weird that is. That's Do you, so uh... Did you ever watch, like, because I know you're a big Michael Jackson fan, and I am too, like, he's he's the greatest ever, but, like, and yeah. up until, like, a couple months ago, I was always, like, uh, his sexual, like, abuse allegations, bullshit, I'm not listening, he's the king of pop, he had a fucked up childhood, whatever, and then I watched that documentary on him, bro, that changed my perspective so much, like, I still love him for his music, but that completely blew my mind and changed everything, like, <clears throat> It was crazy. Super crazy. They yeah, were talking. It's just, Did you watch it? I don't it? think it's. I didn't watch it myself, but I think the evidence is pretty irrefutable. And I think it's safe to say that he probably did do what he did. But this isn't the first time that a well known artist of any genre has been involved with some type of scandal or some type of like super high profile, like negative act. And like they came out fine. Like, I think you should just separate the art from the artist. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't really understand that concept because they try to murder somebody's legacy and all the hard work they put in to their craft and to to the – just to everything that they put in. And they're just going to, like, discount that completely just because they made moral mistakes. And I don't think that's right. Yeah, me neither. Like, I've always – <clears throat> I always have told my mom because my mom's like, "Oh, you support Chris Brown and this XXX Tension guy." I'm like, "You gotta." You, I appreciate them for the art. Like, I follow them for music. If they're a musician, I follow them for their music. If they're an actor, I follow them for their acting. I'm not friends with them. I'm not like worshiping them. And that's like yeah. a lot of people are super hypocritical with that. Like, I see a lot of the white people on the internet. They're like, "Oh, fucking R. Kelly, what a piece of shit." Oh, six nine. XXX Tentacion, and then they're like over here, uh, 
worshiping Elvis when he married his wife when she was like 15 and he was 21 or something. And he was a chronic drug addict at that too. (laughs) Big time drug addict. Yeah. So I'm like, and then same with my grandpa. He's like, he's like every single allegation that ever comes across with a football player that's not on the Packers. He's like, man, fuck them. But he's like, oh yeah, Jim Brown, best running back ever. He throws (laughs) women like off roofs and shit. Yeah, that's well documented too. That's definitely well documented. But yeah. Yeah, I would agree. You just gotta separate the artist from the artist. Yeah. Um, I do that with Chris Brown. Love Chris Brown's music, but <laughs> he beat the shit out of Rihanna. Yeah, dude, you can't forgive the things that they did, like what Michael Jackson did, that's he's a sick guy for what he did and there's no way that you can forgive somebody and look at them in the same light after hearing all the stuff that he did. Like, he's taking advantage of innocent kids and, like, whole families that needed financial support. It's just not a good look for him at all. Yeah, it was it was bad, but, like, beating a dead horse, literally. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and the fact that he's dead, too. Like, how are you guys going to bring out all these allegations and stuff and he's already dead? Like, I just don't think that's right. To talk about him in that type of light and to bring up the past and all that, I don't know. It just tarnishes yeah, his legacy, and it's not fair because he's not alive. He's not here to defend himself. Yeah, it's it's messed up, but they do it. They do it all the time. But yeah. okay, so criminal justice, like, how when did you when did you start taking criminal justice classes? Like, and like, do you like it? I do like it because I think it's a field that isn't that isn't really well known. Because there's so much nuance, like it's ridiculous. Like there's so many fields, like there's corrections, and you can teach a whole semester long class on just corrections. And there's like comparative politics and like other countries that have different types of correction systems. So there's so much that you can talk about, and that's just one field. You can talk about crim theory, you can talk about uh, social control, like for example, you're speeding down the freeway just the side of the officer is going to make you slow down because subconsciously you're thinking to yourself there's a possibility that i could get pulled over and that's just like it's like a social cue that all of us go through subconsciously that we're more aware of our surrounding and it's just super interesting like there's a lot you can learn there's a lot you can talk about and by that nature you're bound to find you're bound to find something that you're gonna like and most of it pays well because it's such a it's such a wide industry and a wide field yeah i agree like when i was taking those paralegal classes like you pretty much just took a couple classes and you just like kind of kind of broadly swept all the different areas you could go into so there was like property law torts all that stuff and like i mostly liked all of it but Criminal law was always my favorite, and then, like, the worst was property law, because there's there's too many, there's too much shit on, like, scaffolding permits and shit. Like, you ever seen the other guys, Will Ferrell's character, just doing all the paperwork on scaffolding permits? That was, like, actually what that class was. But, yeah, I've, really? I've always liked the criminal justice aspect. I think, I think everyone, like, I don't think enough people appreciate, like, all that goes into that side of the law especially like 
because everyone will watch like the investigation discovery shows but they don't appreciate yeah. the hard work and sweat and like the hours like 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 the 18 day hours that go into that it's crazy oh yeah no it's definitely something that doesn't it's kind of like a an unthanked career path because you only get recognized when you're like solving a case and like you said so you can spend 18 hours on a case trying to figure something out and then you just you have another case you got to worry about and you just got to move on <clears throat> but i mean all your hard work is kind of going going to nothing for the previous one you were trying to work on yeah and a criminal criminal justice degree like you were saying can give you so much like there's corrections you can work for the state work for the county you can help people with welfare like my mom technically is like she's a she's not i think she's technically a social worker but she was saying like everybody in that office that she worked with because she just helped like make sure people were eligible for welfare that were like um felons and convicts and stuff but she said everybody in that office had a criminal justice degree and it's just like i feel yeah. like it's a good opportunity because like i, I feel like reform like Prisoner reform should be done in prisons, but they wait till they get out of prison to do it. But I feel like criminal justice plays a huge part in that, and that's super important. Yeah, and they're also doing a good job now of like working on actual like prison reform and, and putting more of an emphasis on education and not and like taking the stigma out of prison and like making it a place where you can like rehabilitate prisoners and like socialize them in a spot where in society where they grew up they weren't able to so yeah it's definitely getting better from what i've been hearing of what, what i've been learning it's it's definitely getting a lot better but there's still a long way for the united states as a whole to go um relative to the rest of the world because we're definitely we're definitely lagging in that in that aspect and i think a lot of that has to do with money yeah but i was gonna ask do you think prison gradually be... it'll get there I hope so. I was going to ask you, do you think prisons should stay privatized or do you think they should be government subsidy, something like that? Dude, I was actually thinking about this the other day. It's like, it's foolproof. <clears throat> like, you could literally get a loan for however much it's going to be to build and, like, run your own personal private prison and you would make money because there's so many forms of residual income that come with running a prison because number one, the state is going to pay you yep. for housing prisoners cheaper than they would be able to. So they're basically saving money. And on top of that, you can write off a lot of the, the expenditures and all the, and all the fees that you have to pay for as for your taxes at the end of the year. And those are just two avenues of like how you're able to make money. And how you're able to recoup all the money that you're putting into it. Yeah, it's just on the other end, <clears throat> like, since it's privately run, they, they pretty much, if you think about it, can control who goes to prison. It's it's shady. It's shady. It's a shady business, but I mean, like, when you think about it, if you can basically enslave people and pay them, like, 25 cents an hour, and you could push out all this, all these... Um, these products like license plates, like, you know, like some clothes, stuff that manual labor is, uh, is required of people. I mean, 
it would make sense for me for anybody really to want to do something like that but it's it's not ethically it's not ethically okay yeah there's not a lot of ethics but in it makes business, sense though. financially yeah <laughs> yeah for sure if you wanted to make money that's where you go but yeah but you were asking i it just makes too much sense for them not to be allowed because if you're if you're erecting basically a giant building that the whole premise of it is just to make money like there's no good in that you can try to implement as many programs as you want but at the end of the day what are you trying to do you're trying to increase your income and your profits and you're trying to spend as little as possible and that doesn't really spell rehabbing people and making them better citizens when they come back and integrate themselves back into society it just doesn't make sense so to answer yeah. your question though, i don't think they should be allowed but they are a good source <clears throat> of income i would say yep if uh if our criminal justice uh career doesn't go the way we want it to let's let's get a prison going i would actually be down but unfortunately i don't i think i don't know if it passed or not i think it passed in the house <laughs> But there was a there was a bill that literally outlawed it, that it's not allowed. I don't know if it's been pushed through the Senate yet, but I'm pretty sure it was passed through the House. Wait, what? I remember what reading was passed? What's not allowed? Yeah, so there was a there was a bill that was outlining, um, basically the the restriction of building prisons for private entrepreneurship or ownership. So we wouldn't be able to do that anymore. Oh, snap. I'm sure there's a way around it, though. <clears throat> Not for us, but just for the people out there. So does that Oh, yeah, you got to end... fill the right pockets. Does that end? Yeah, I think so. I th all current ones? or I'm pretty sure. So where are those prisoners really going to I mean, go? I'm assuming. Oh, snap. I'm assuming it would. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. We'll have to look into it, but... Man, I had a thought in my head. Couldn't remember. But okay, I remember now. <clears throat> I know, like, you're not into, like, you probably don't, like, binge watch stuff because we're too busy. Binge watching is, like, cringe. <laughs> Super cringe. People are like, oh, yeah. I just watched, just watched Friends for the 14th time. Like, get a better show. That show sucks. Um, have you ever seen The People vs. O.J. Simpson? No, but I heard it was pretty good, and it's actually a really interesting case to talk about. Even if you haven't seen the show, because like considering the whole context of the situation, like what was going on socially, I definitely feel like that had a really big influence on the judge's decision to let him to not let to not have him be charged for yeah that murder. completely changed everything. But you should watch it. Like I already knew almost everything about the case, but like them dramatizing it and even adding, oh man, there's so much good stuff in there, especially for like for us too because we're into criminal justice. Like like. Just watching the process was, like, the best part to me. Like, how they put the team together, who covered what, and then, like, the questions that they... Just seeing, like, all those iconic scenes, but, like, actually dramatized um, was pretty... It was pretty crazy. It's just the only complaint that I have is that Cuba Gooding Jr. as OJ, he wasn't... He was, like, probably the worst casting choice on that show because OJ was, like, super cocky super charming and like the whole yeah. time cuba gooding jr is like crying and like yeah he had some emotional <laughs> parts but he was not like 
he wasn't smiling and stuff like those pictures you see but there's like there's a super super genius part in that show and like that happened in real life um what's his name i forget the dude's name but it was like it was it was his defense dude the black dude um i'm gonna look up his name real quick um it was the one who said if the glove don't fit you must acquit johnny cochran there was like there was a part it was like yeah yeah, yeah. i think they just had i think they had just dropped someone some member of the jury because what do you call it when there's um <clears throat> when there's like a oh shit when there's like a um a conflict of interest with a member of the jury on accident and then they have to like completely stall the process it was like i think it's jury misconduct no it's not a hung jury i think it's i think it's jury misconduct but anyways there was like there was some misconduct so the process which was already taking forever and it was like going in oj's favor it was like something to do with race and then johnny cochran like oj simpson's defense attorney one of them he went up and he was like he got the one of the cops the leading cop um on oj's investigation case he was like he got him to come up and as a witness and he was like okay before before they talked to him he was like here's what we're gonna do i'm gonna ask him if he's ever said the n-word if he says yes then the jury will see him <laughs> as a racist and if he says no then he'll be seen as a liar because everybody's used the n-word before and it like oh my gosh yeah like it, it changed it changed so much it, that was like a huge moment to me in that show wow yeah it's a pretty brilliant uh strategy i'm not gonna lie i mean there's really like a no-win situation for him in that so and it was like wow. the the race yeah. riots just happened a few years before so like you said there's a big mm-hmm. social social like undertone there and it was yeah super interesting case you should check it out mm-hmm. it's pretty yeah, good I'll yeah i'll definitely check it out yeah that's a that's a good one. I'm actually rewatching it because my girlfriend didn't know that much about the OJ case. And I accidentally, like, right when we started watching, I was like, yeah, OJ definitely did it. And she was like, now I'm going to, like, be biased when I watch. I was like, whoops. But, like, <laughs> once you watch it, like, and it and it plays it plays pretty fair to both sides. Um, it does its best, but, like, anybody with the brain. Have you seen, um, have you seen OJ lately? Bro, he's a meme. Like, now that he's out, the shit that he's doing. Oh, yeah, all over Twitter, right? Yeah, where the, there's, like, a dude that's, like, making a fake OJ Simpson profile and then spamming shit, and then OJ messaged him, and he was, like, sending him knife emojis and stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 I saw that. Yeah, he slid in his DM, and it was his actual verified account. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that guy's stupid. I don't understand why he would even want to, like, put himself out there and his whole public persona out there, given, like, the entire the entire process that went down, dude. I don't know. He's a he, savage. I'll, he's I'll insane. He's definitely a savage. Yeah, I just think, I think it's a little bit of him being insane, a little bit of CTE maybe, and then also the fact that he knows he can't, you know, double jeopardy, can't get charged for it, whatever. He knows, like... I don't think he understands trolling though. He's been he's been away from society for a while because he went to jail for that armed robbery or whatever. But yeah, that 
Yeah. That's funny. But speaking of CTE, how about that Antonio Brown drama? Am I right? <laughs> Antonio Brown. Am I right? All caps. Bass intensified. Dude, that guy actually has CTE though. Seriously. I actually Bro, think he's suffering from chronic traumatic encephalopathy. It's all because of Vontez Perfect. Do you remember that head hunting? That was scary. Dude, in the playoffs, I know. He was Dude, laying out cold in the middle I of the field. I hate the Bengals. The Bengals and the Ravens, those are the two teams I'll never root. Like, if those two are playing, I'm not watching that. Because, like, especially the Ravens. <laughs> the Ravens get away with so much shit. No, not even. It's not the Ravens. It's the Bengals and Steelers. Like, both of those two teams can go fuck themselves, especially the Steelers. I hate everybody on the Steelers except, yeah, like, two Yeah, I would players. definitely agree. Yeah, I don't like the Steelers very much either. They're very dirty. There's a lot of yeah. egos. They do, get a, they do get away with a lot of stuff, too. Yeah, but that game was just them throwing shit at each other. It was crazy. The Bengals, like, they single-handedly <laughs> just died. Like, they gave, they gave the Steelers, like, 60 yards. But yeah, that that drama was pretty insane. I I'm not an Antonio Brown fan, but I like to look at the facts before because the facts are like the most the, the biggest, obviously most important thing when it comes to allegations like that. And I don't know. I just <clears throat> I need to see more, but I just hate how no matter what, it's in America, especially with sexual allegations. It's like you're guilty until proven innocent, but that's not how it is. That's not how it should be. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, that's how it is. I mean, it's no, but the worst thing, dude, is there's always a common theme with these sexual misconduct allegations, these sexual abuse allegations. Why? I, I really want to hear your take on this. Why do these women come forward 10, 15, 5, whatever it is, if it's more than a year, why are you coming forward? Why are you coming forward then? Like, what are you waiting for? Are you? Is it was it so traumatic that you weren't able to be able you weren't able to articulate yourself in the right way, or you didn't know how to go about it? I don't understand. I just I don't get the I don't get the appeal. I don't get the appeal of going after somebody in the midst of their career and trying to like take that all away from him when that should have been taken care of years prior decades prior in some cases it doesn't make sense to me yeah i really i i couldn't answer for you i've always wondered the same thing like i i like i see a lot of when people come to defend the people who come out against like um someone who's famous or powerful or whatever they'll always say like oh they went through this traumatic experience took them time to get over it and they didn't feel like they could do anything like like the person is too high they're set they're set like too high up to for their allegation to mean anything but i'm like then wh like what's waiting going to do i feel like that diminishes it and also like especially with antonio brown like if that if the chick's um i don't know the chick's reasoning for waiting but i'm like she basically let him if it's true and he did it all she let him go like what five years five or six years and then making millions playing for the NFL, um, going to the playoffs, and then, like, possibly, what if he raped another woman and it was her fault? She didn't come out. She didn't try to stop 
And then also, like, the second girl that came out just waiting. Just waiting for, like, him to already be down to do it. I don't know. It just seems fishy. I'll have to look into it more. But, I don't know. I don't know why they wait. Especially with stuff like, like, Bill Cosby. Like, they waited. Like, I wasn't even, my parents weren't even born, like, when they claimed this shit happened. So, I'm like, why are you waiting so long? Are you sure you're even remembering this right? You're, like, 80. <laughs> Dude, it was so many women, though. Like, it was, like, countless. I don't It was at least a dozen, right? For Bill Cosby, yeah. The amount of lot. women that came forward? Yeah, yeah. that was pretty crazy. Man, that, guy, like, that guy had it going on. How do you prove <laughs> something like that, though? Even with Antonio Brown, his isn't that old. But how do you, like... How do you even come to a conclusion with that? I really don't understand. Well, I think it would be easier if it were to happen more recently because of social media and technology and all the things we have. But I mean, going back like even 30 years, I think that would be really, really, really hard to be able to prove or to disprove something like that. Like there would have to be irrefutable evidence of what happened and... Like, there had to have been, like, a cover-up or something by the perpetrator or something like that. Because I don't really know how you would have been able to be like, oh, he raped me, or how are you going to prove it? Yeah, and I just also, like, um, personal, like, anecdotal evidence and, like, personal stories are, like, the least reliable source of evidence in the justice system. Like, Like, there's so many documentaries and videos and, like, cases out there where someone... Like, there was one famous one where this chick was like, oh, I got raped. And then they had, she, like, drew, she had this artist draw the picture, and then he drew it wrong. So she kind of pictured the person to look the way that he drew it. And then when they were lining up the, like, 10 suspects or whatever, she picked this one dude. He went to jail for 20 years or whatever. Just because she was, like, she was able to convince herself that this is what the dude looked like. And it's like, the mind is, like, human memory is, like, one of the worst like we have some of the worst memory um like in the animal kingdom like so it's so manipulative like it's easy to manipulate and change things in the human memory and human mind it's it's not reliable and also with antonio brown like he also did not help his case i kind of wish like i said i don't like antonio brown i never liked how much of a diva he was but he was a super good player but that all aside like I wish he yeah. had better people around him because he did not help his case by like bombing that girl's phone and like harassing dude, her. I that know. didn't help. That's what got him <laughs> cut. That's what got that him cut. No sense, dude. The Patriots were Seriously, like, all right. That actually is. I honestly thought it was going to happen like because the Patriots are like a no BS. You know, Belichick was not putting up with this shit. I'm surprised that they signed him um, in the first place with his drama with the Steelers, but. Yeah, I, they were just like, all right, P.O.P., hold it down. We'll investigate this. And then he's, like, sending her messages, and they're like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when you think about it, I I actually do think Belichick is kind of – he's low-key tolerable of some deviant stuff on the team. I mean, when you look at Aaron Hernandez and when you look at Julian Edelman's PED suspension and Tom Brady's deflate gay. I, I think he's okay as long as it ends up leading to a W on the scoreboard at the end of the day. I think the way that they try to present themselves is somewhat like super formal and super 
hard work and shut up and do your job. But I, I just, I just think that's like a facade. I think that's something that that's not actually, I think that's just a persona that he wants people to think and he wants them to portray as an organization. So they're not seen as something like that, but I don't know. I think that guy just cares about winning and he's just, he's just super obsessed with. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, remember after they won, after they won the Super Bowl against the Seahawks, and then in the post game press conference, he was like, "I'm gonna go back to the drawing board tomorrow." I was like, "Dude, you're not even gonna enjoy it." When he retires, when he's like forced to retire, I feel like he's committing suicide. Like that's my prediction because he lives and breathes football. He does not take days off. Like the day after the Super Bowl, he's making plays and stuff. Yeah, I don't know how he'd even be able to just become a regular person. Like, his whole... I don't think he would leave football necessarily if he had to. I think he would have to have to coach on the side somewhere or maybe even, like, go into commentating, but I don't think he would do something like that. He's not the talkative type of guy. Yeah, but he would have also, to do something. Yeah, I would I would totally love to, him to do a podcast, but you know how he's, like, so stuck in the olden days with technology. He's, like, Instaface smack book and all that shit he couldn't do it and i don't think he'd be a good commentator because he's, he's so monotone you ever seen michael yeah. vick's analyst analyst work like dude that stuff's bad he, he does not know how to talk he's like <laughs> he's straight thug he's like uh matt ryan need to drop back in the pocket he needs some time to throw the ball <laughs> Michael Vick, dude, holy shit. That guy was literally, damn, that guy too, huh? That guy was literally beating dogs and killing dogs. Killing him in dog fights. That guy really got forgiven in the, in the public eye. I think, he spa- I think he faced Black for for like a year, maybe a year and a half, and everybody was like super chill with him again because he was good. Nobody cared because he was good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Going back to, to AB, though. I don't know the the first girl that started all these allegations. I'm not sure I believe her story because like I was looking at this timeline, like he had hired her as his personal trainer, or whatever, and then one day he like came out of the shower or I think he was maybe he was in like a sauna and he came out and like took his towel off in front of her and then she was like oh that was weird, and then later he like um I don't know he like made her touch his dick or something and then she left. And then, and then a couple years later, he apologized, and then she went back to being his personal trainer. So I'm like, and then that's when she, like, raped him or whatever. Rape, that's when he raped her. But, like, I don't know. If it made you that uncomfortable, why'd you go back? That's my thing. But also, at the same time, are you going to, as a personal trainer, are you going to turn down being a multimillionaire's personal trainer? I don't know. Yeah, she was probably getting paid a pretty good check. I think that's why she went back to it. She was tired of trapping with average Joe Schmo, who's trying to lose thirty pounds before his for his next uh his next bachelor's party. Do you, do you see him in the Do you see A B in the league after this? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely do. I don't think you know, teams I don't really think teams care. You know, um As long of, as it gets sorted out, obviously. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Speaking of tolerated, um, tolerable, I feel like the Cowboys would be the team to sign him because they they just sign murderers all the time. They don't give a shit. Yeah. 
I their whole D line gets suspended for the first six games every year. <laughs> yeah, seemingly. Yeah, I don't know. I think it would have to work for the scheme. I think a team that was that would be either thin at wide receiver or something, or they just lack playmakers, or maybe they just need to fill the seats. I think one of those criteria would would have to would have to fit. For I mean, I definitely think it's entirely possible for sure. He's still like he's still kind of he's in his prime still, but I just think for his sake and the sake of his health, I don't know. I just I don't really want to see him play anymore, but he's probably going to. You can't not play in the NFL. Unless yeah, you're dude, cap. he's probably the, he's probably he's probably the second, in my opinion, he's probably the second greatest receiver next to Jerry Rice if he were to keep going and keep playing as long as Jerry did. You think so? I don't know. Yeah, dude, I don't. His numbers speak for themselves. They really do. You go look at his numbers and his receptions and the amount of yards he's had. He's I just very think good. He's definitely like top ten all time, but I feel like just like like we've always talked about in the past, it's the physicality of the game that's changed. And like I would put Randy Moss over him too. And Julio, you know, I put Julio over him. Mm-hmm. And also, you yeah. have to look at who he I had throwing so. to him. But yeah, he's definitely top. I could put him in my top seven too. He's definitely he was really exciting to watch. He was like I never okay. I didn't really have dislike for him till last year. Before then, I was like he was the him and what's his name? Who's the one like kind of young? Um, is it no Shane Ray's not on the. Steelers there's like a young linebacker on the Steelers defense I forget his name Ryan Ryan Shazier Bud Dupree TJ Watt Bud Dupree he's the only Steelers player I like why because he came out of uh (laughs) he came out of freaking I think Kentucky yeah he came out of Kentucky I wanted the Falcons to draft him but we didn't I think that's the year we took either we took Jake Matthews or Vic Beasley that year but you know something crazy? I was looking, um, like, I'm on I'm on the Atlanta Falcons page and this page called the Falcoholic on Facebook, and like, bro, we have the worst fans ever. I'm not even kidding. Like, every like we they post gifts and do like scoring updates and stuff. Bro, I see the craziest couch GMs on there every single time they post an <laughs> update. They're like, cut Matt Ryan. Oh, uh, we should have drafted um, Deshaun Watson, and like, I like Deshaun Watson, but I don't think he fits our scheme. Um, if he wants to die, with with our offensive line and like the three, we have like three, yeah, we have three new rookie offensive linemen right now, and one of them had like a heart surgery, so I don't know if he's really should be playing out there right now. But it's crazy, like all the trash talking I see, and I saw like everyone on the Falcons, the Falcons page, the fan page is celebrating. They're like, oh, Falcons are top 10 in total yards allowed. And I'm like, that's because we take penalties over yards. Like we're giving them the yards for free. That's not a, that is a misleading statistic. <laughs> and like, who do we just yeah. play? Jacob, Jacoby Brissett. I don't like, think he's that bad of a quarterback though. I think, and I also think that the Colts system offensively is yeah, really, really innovative. Really, really good. Um, Andrew Luck had a really like 
good season last year, but man, they t- they they t- waited until he retired to get a decent offensive line. Like it was sad to see how much he got sacked. Like so much. Him and Matt Ryan, I think, are the two like quarterbacks that have taken the most hits in like the past five seasons. But I'm happy for Andrew Luck. He's putting his health. Yeah, it's too in bad. Front. It's too bad, though. But, yeah, I would agree with you, definitely. It's better to see a player walk away from the game too early than it is to have them try to stick around and struggle it out. Like, a guy like Jordan Reed, who's had, like, literally 10 concussions and still trying to come back. Yeah, Wes Welker, too. He is getting concussions every other game. Making it so much worse for your post-football life. Yeah. It's insane. You know what's crazy? You remember, um... You remember when Everson Griffin went through that crazy, scary shit a couple years ago? He was, like, jumping out of moving cars talking about demons and stuff and i thought he was done for sure but he's back and he's booling like before yeah i think that was actually just like last year i don't know i think a lot of them have manic episodes and types of mental illnesses that go super undiagnosed because i don't know because they don't come from backgrounds that are able to diagnose things like that or to even like not demonize it and to be able to like accept it for what it is I think yeah, a lot of them have problem. issues because if you're freaking sacrificing your body for, what is this, 60 minutes a game, 16 games, plus the playoffs if you make it, every season, it's, you oh, gotta yeah, have something the gym. you. You're not a normal person. If, yeah, dude, all the excess think, work, everything. You, you can't be a normal person. I think they take, I think football and then like combat sports athletes, no, just all physical sports they take most most of the toll on their body comes from doesn't come from, it doesn't come from the games it comes from training especially combat sports ufc and mma and boxing you lose like you lose years off your prime and off your career um in the training room if you don't do it smart like connor right now yeah i would I would say so for MMA and the UFC, but I don't know, I don't know so much about football though because football, you can tear an ACL very very easily on the field and there's always concussions. But I would agree with you with the with the UFC argument you're making. Yeah, like Conor McGregor right now, he's been trying to come back all year, but he's he keeps hurting his foot and then his hand. It's always some shit. And like <laughs> I'm, you know me, I'm a huge McGregor fan. Like, and I've, I say all the time, like, I'll defend him no matter what. Like, him punching that old dude in the face of the bar, I don't give a shit. I want him to come back, but I don't know. He changed after he fought Mayweather because he made all that money. And once you make, like, however much he made, like, $300 million, once you make that much, getting punched in the face probably isn't as fun. Like, he lost his drive. Like, that come up Connor was the shit when he was, like, you ever oh, seen his yeah, documentaries? Dude, was, dude, yeah, he was the most badass human at one point in time. There was nobody that could fuck with him at all. Like, at yeah. all. Nobody. Yeah, like, he... Man, when in that documentary when he's like, you're going to see me in the UFC once, I'm gonna, one day and I'm going to be champion, and then he became the first double simultaneous champ ever. And now there's been, like, two other people who's done it, but he was the first one. And, like, he's in his prime. He can come back right now. He's only 31, like. But the UFC has kind of showed him, like, they don't need him anymore. But I feel like he needs to come back humbled for sure. I'm excited, though. 
this uh this i know you're not like super into the ufc but this december this ufc 245 is a stacked ass card they're about to have three title fights oh it's gonna be sick but <clears throat> i don't know if you know this there's a dude named colby covington he's like a super trump nut rider in the ufc he's really good though no uh, way. yeah Holy so shit. he always wears his he's actually the most hated fighter in the ufc because of his trash talking he, he really wants to be connor but he's like i don't know he's he's super funny like i don't like him at all but he has nicknames for everybody like the current welterweight champ is kamaro usman and he calls him marty fake newsman and then there's a fighter named rafael dos años and he calls him like uh rafael dos nachos he's like it's super cringy but like he's actually a super good fighter and he, he visited trump in the white house because he got trump's attention and then in his last fight uh two of trump's 800 sons like went to go watch him fight and then when he won the fight colby covington got on the mic he's like uh just want to shout out uh the two trumps that are here watching me and then like you look when the camera pans to them everyone's throwing shit at them and they're all booing <laughs> it was super funny <laughs> they're just like waving at everyone and they're throwing shit at him it's crazy But yeah, ugh. What do you think? Like, okay, if if the Super Bowl, no, if the playoffs started tomorrow, who's going to the Super Bowl? Wow, who's going to the Super Bowl? Well, I'm gonna give you the AFC and the NFC championships as of right now, because I, I predicting the Super Bowl, it's hard as of right yeah. now, because anything could happen. There could be an injury to somebody, and somebody could just completely get hot towards the end so i'm gonna say for the afc i like i think it's pretty unanimous i think i like the chiefs and the patriots to go and then for the nfc i think i'm gonna say green bay and he's a toss-up it's like there's a lot of yeah really it is the NFC or the Rams, but I mean, the Rams look terrible on offense right now. Yeah, I think Green Bay is probably them? the most balanced team, considering that considering that Aaron Rodgers can turn it on at any time, really. Whenever he gets the reins back from the offense from Matt, no-name LaFleur. Hey. I don't know who that guy thinks he is. Um, He has a big head because he was Matt Ryan's QB coach when he went to the Super Bowl. So he's like, I can go tell Aaron Rodgers what to do. I'll tell him how to play quarterback because he doesn't know. Best touchdown yeah, interception ratio ever. I, probably because they had to have Rodgers. Yeah, doesn't he have the best touchdown interception ratio of all time? Let me do my research, Jamie. Pula. I don't know. Big homie, pick. <laughs> big homie Pat Mahomes might have him there. Oh, I mean, I think there's like a there's like a minimum. A minimum game, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah you it's are Aaron right. Rodgers. There's Aaron Rodgers and then Russell Wilson. Yeah, and then Tom Brady. Not surprising. Dude, Russell Wilson is so underrated. He's a beast. Though. I'm gonna keep he, it 100. He is. Dude, he's so underrated. I love Russell Wilson, and I, I lived in Seattle. Seahawks fans are annoying, but yeah, Russell Wilson. I love. He deserves all the money he gets. He deserves a better team too. But he's loyal. He's gonna stay with the Seahawks. 
You remember when, like, five years ago when everyone yeah. was like, Russell Wilson's going to leave for baseball next year? <laughs> <laughs> he went to spring training, actually. He went to the spring training with uh, the Texas Rangers. I don't know too much season, about baseball. But he didn't. But would he do – do you think he'd make a splash? Do you think he'd be good? Um, I don't know. He wasn't really a highly touted prospect by any means. I think Kyler Murray had a better chance to be a two-way player like that, to be honest, because Kyler was actually drafted in the first round of the MLB draft, and that's a pretty big deal. That's like a that's like an organizational investment. Think about it. It's kind of oh, like really? it's not yeah. as big of a deal as an NFL first-round pick, but it's a pretty big deal still. Like they definitely have high hopes for you if you're being drafted in the first round. Yeah, that's. I didn't know that Kyler Murray was drafted in the first round. So does that mean he's not playing football or what? No, he's definitely playing. This happened like a few months ago. This is when like all the media was buzzing about about him not speaking on whether or not he would be uh, attending the combine or whatever it was. But yeah, he was drafted by the A's, the Oakland Athletics, and it was kind of late in the first round. Do, but he, he decided not to because he wasn't going to get enough of a signing bonus. So oh, he just ask. decided to stick to football and to take the guaranteed money. Yeah, I was going to ask, do on average NFL players make more than baseball players or what? Because I know like the big name players in baseball make insane money. but Yeah, when it comes to like prospects in baseball, there's like a, a six-year time frame from which your your minor league and your contract toll gets to hit free agency so oh. basically the way it works is there's mlb service time that is built up throughout the season and a team has the ability to manipulate that so say hypothetically you're a super highly regarded prospect and you're basically going to be the future of the franchise well, depending on the team situation, they can bring you up in certain months of the of the season, and that can manipulate your service time. So if they call you up on uh, early April, then that's basically going to accrue one whole year of MLB service time. But when rosters expand, you're only really getting, like, I don't know if it's a quarter or 33%. Of what it would be for the whole year. So, however much time is built up, um, as soon as it hits six years, you're allowed to hit free agency. So, however it works out for you, whether you're called up uh, for one part of the season and then they send you back down, or if they call you up at the beginning of the season and you play the whole season and you just continue to be an everyday player for them for the next six years, it just all depends. But um, I bring all that up to say that your payday doesn't come until six years after your career is beginning. So you can be called up as a 20-year-old, and you're basically hitting the free free agency market at 26. And a lot of stuff can happen in between that time. And depending on where you were signed out of, whether you were like an international free agent or whether you were a draft pick or whatever, that depends that is basically going to dictate how much you were paid until your payday hits when you're 26, 27, whatever you are. Because some of the minor leaguers that are drafted in like the 15th round, 
dude, they're not even making like $30,000 a year. And they're playing in like super terrible conditions and they have to play double headers sometimes, basically two games in one day. And it's like, it's kind of like, it's kind of cruel to think about it because they're basically paying for peanuts with just the chance at getting a shot at playing for an MLB roster and hoping that they stick around. But yeah, it's kind of a shitty deal. But if you're a good player, on average, you will be paid better than well, because you're getting guaranteed money too, because the MLB guarantees all of their contracts on like football. But basically, if if you're a really good player in baseball, you're definitely going to get paid more and more guaranteed money than you would in football. Hmm. Okay. Well, that answers the question, but the whole like <clears throat> salary stuff with baseball is super confusing. I need to I need to look into it more because so confused. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. I don't know how it's really worked. I don't. I really don't know how it works out either because I know there's like a a league wide salary cap that you can go over, and if you go over that, you incur penalties financially. But there are some teams that have more or less uh, liquid assets that they're able to spend on free agents and whatever they want to spend their money on. It's kind of weird. I don't know how it works. Hmm. It depends on your market, Shady. I guess. Yeah. But um, man, the Falcons. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. This is kind of how I expected it to go. Because we got new offensive coordinator, Dirk Cutter. We had Matt Ryan had a couple good seasons with him, but he was always throwing interceptions with Dirk Cutter. So I'm not surprised he's leading the NFL in interceptions right now, and. Um, he's not getting a lot. He's not getting good protection, especially from the interior blockers because they're new. So, and we didn't play. They didn't get a lot of snaps in the preseason, so there's not a lot of chemistry there. Slow starts to the Falcons' years, like ever since they started watching football. That's how it's been. Like even the Super Bowl season, we allowed like 40 points first game. But I don't know. I'm. It's kind of frustrating being a Falcons fan. Because we have all this talent. We have once-in-a-lifetime receiver in Julio Jones. And then we have <laughs> we have Matt Ryan and Julio in their primes. And we have Devontae Freeman in the last game kind of started to pick it back up. Um, and the Colts' defense isn't like horseshit either. So, I mean, they're not... No, not at all. Yeah, they're actually pretty good. But, shh, we just We have this window, I feel like we have two, maybe three years left of, like... And then, like, Matt Ryan is, he's prone to get hurt, like, any second now. Because I'm still surprised that he hasn't had a serious injury, like, considering how much he gets hit. It wasn't even funny when we played the Vikings. It was, like, um, 15 dropbacks for Matt Ryan. He's been hit on 13 of them. I'm like, that's insane. That should not be a... (laughs) Yeah, so, I don't know. There's still a lot of season left. We can pick it up, still make it to the playoffs, but yeah. And losing Keanu Neal is like, this sucks because <laughs> I love Keanu Neal. Yeah, and dude. dude loves football my, too. That, yeah, my heart goes out to that guy because that's this is the second time, right? The second time that he's had a season-ending injury. Yep. And in he's like only three been years. In the yeah. yeah, dude, that sucks. Yeah, and like he puts his heart on the line. Like me and you would message each other every time. He like he sacrifices his brains on every hit. He loves people, and it's like, yeah, he was he was going to be part of that future 
because that our, the Falcons defense, you know, Dan Quinn's all about fast over like size. So like we have Deion Jones, yeah. who's um, my bias might be showing, but he's one of the most underrated linebackers in the NFL because he's small. No, dude, he's amazing. Yeah, he's an amazing linebacker. Honestly, I think he's better than Ryan Chazier was. I think. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He's like when we lost him last year, our defense just looked like they didn't know what they were doing, and Devondre Cram Devondre Campbell's a decent like he's really he's actually really tall, but he's super fast for his size, and like I I like what Dan Quinn's doing to the defense, but the offense has just been so inconsistent since he became coach. I wish he could be demoted to defensive coordinator, but I don't think he ever would. Once you get the taste of the head coach job, you don't really probably don't want anything less dude but what happened here guys is o-line though you guys had alex mag jake matthews uh, what happened you i thought you guys were set you guys had ryan schrader what happened? we dumped him just... we dumped ryan schrader because he he really like fell off last year and then it was because when we went from shanahan to because i hate i hated shanahan and i still think he gets too much credit for like what he did but he was way better than Sarkeesian. Like, that guy just completely destroyed, like, our team. Like, Andy Levitri was, like, a top-ranked guard. And he we dropped him because he fell off. And then Ryan Schrader dropped off. So, yeah, we dropped those two. And, like, our, I forget it. I don't even know who our new right tackle's name is. And then we got two new guards. So, yeah, we have, like, three rookies on the offensive line. And there's just no, like, there's just no chemistry. I don't know. They just... It's just discipline, like, I don't know, Dan Quinn's not as disciplined as when he first started, because he was, like, all those slogans he was talking, spitting out, and he's, like, I don't know, it was exciting the first couple years to see him take Mike Smith's defense, the 32nd ranked defense, and take it to, like, 15th, and then last, (laughs) not last year, two years ago, Mike Smith, (laughs) that guy sucks, yeah, that guy was trash. (laughs) <laughs> I don't like how everyone's calling for Dan Quinn to be fired, though. I'm like, guys, give it a few years. It takes a few years to execute your vision as a coach. Uh, he brought us to the Super Bowl in the second season. Chill out. I like what he's building on defense, too. Like, we have a bend, don't break, bend, but don't break defense like the Chiefs used to have. They're small. They can keep us ahead, but they're not going to, like, shut anybody out I don't know we have a we have a good opportunity to bounce back this Sunday we're playing the Titans it's just Lord knows we cannot stop a scrambling quarterback Jesus I don't know that's going to be a good game actually now that I think about it really either of the teams could take it depending on how physical the Titans can be on offense and how well they perform on defense because yeah. I don't know how the Falcons are are going to show up. I hope we come out mad because I actually I watched the Colts game. So what I'm doing here because we live in Germany, we don't live on base. Um, I just keep creating emails so I can get Game Pass International's um seven day <laughs> seven day pass. It's been working so. Eventually, they'll probably catch on and be like, wait, you've used this card 12 times. Because I'm not paying 180 bucks for it. It's just, 
I can't legally stream it either because um, they use the like for downloading movies and watching sports they use like the same software they use to track down like child um child videos they use that same software for movies so i gotta be careful with it but yeah my dad was telling me that one of his co-workers sons downloaded a batman movie and now he's paying like thousands of dollars so i'm not risking it especially if we're gonna lose the fuck piracy it's a crime you wouldn't steal a handbag oh no you wouldn't steal a television you wouldn't steal a car you remember that commercial that was funny but those cheesy ads we almost came back last sunday it was exciting and we lost but but you didn't but you lost I so know. there's nothing to say that you guys let Marlon Mack run all, run all over you for 100 yards. Did he really get 100 yards? Teddy. Are you sure? I don't know. I know he scored. I know he scored a lot uh, on fantasy. You know who's so that's really godly on fantasy? Alvin Kamara. He gets like 30 points a game. I, dr- I, I, was, I gave away my left nut for him. I traded for him. And the dude who traded him away as a retard yeah considering he was drafted either second or third overall but i don't know if he's gonna have the same upside considering he doesn't have drew Brees anymore so they're gonna be a little bit more one-dimensional but his workload is gonna go up that's the only thing that's really gonna work for his favor given that he's out um austin hooper is starting to bloom into a solid tight end i've i never liked him in the his first two seasons, he was always, like, tipping passes up that were getting picked off. But he's turning into a solid, dependable tight end, which is cool. It's super weird when you think about the landscape of tight ends as a whole because it's very rare to find a tight end talent develop super quickly into a, a reliable pass catcher. Like, when you think about Rob Gronkowski... Or Travis Kelsey, or any like really big name tight end, or Austin Hooper, we would bring him up. It takes a few years for tight ends to really get acclimated to the NFL and to be able to find themselves and to come into their own. Yeah, it's like super weird. It is weird. It's it's a tough position though because you do you do run blocking, pass blocking, and then you run routes and you catch so. If you're good. Most tight ends yeah, are used for blocking. Most tight ends don't actually, like, contribute to the passing end. Or receiving end, I mean. Yeah. <sighs> We're getting, like, close to over an hour, but we haven't even talked about Andrew Yang yet. Yeah, I think we could start now. I think we could Yang gang. pull it off around 140, 140 yeah. on the hour. All right, so let's get into it. Okay, Andrew Yang. Um, first, the first like mention I ever saw of him was on Joe Rogan, but I didn't listen because I didn't know who he was, and I didn't really care because I didn't listen to podcasts that much. The second mention I saw was all I just saw some super misleading headline on Facebook, and then it made me look into it more, and now I like know more about him. But it was like this presidential candidate, Andrew Yang. Um, I think, I don't know, it wasn't Fox, but it was some 
it was like talkliberty.com or some like super super bullshit right-wing website that was like want he wants to give a thousand dollars to every american um per month for free then everyone's like ha ha this is so dumb and i was like eh on the surface sounds silly but i'll look into it and then i listened um i like i like the freedom dividend especially the the motivation the motive behind it but my main thing is like i want to ask you like because like at the base um the government's corrupt and you give any group of men in the world like you take the most you take like 10 generations of monks and you give them as much power as our government does then they'll they'll abuse it and money is power so if you put money into the government's hand they're going to abuse it so what's what's going to be different this time around with the freedom dividend what do you think if it was to happen <clears throat> well first of all it's a big <clears throat> if if it were to happen because in my opinion i think he is a long shot to win the presidency just yeah. given that his his proposal is really really progressive in terms of like just how mainstream media would view something like that even though like you mentioned that this was uh proposed in-house for a legislative bill and was passed by the house but it was defeated in the senate because they wanted to to try to get more funding but anyways i think it would work if it were to happen um because in a lot of ways we really don't know where our tax money is going into and there's a lot of dark holes and dark rooms that the money is funneled into for no reason and a lot of it is going into the uh, private bank accounts of a lot of politicians so to be able to see that money and to be able to recoup that money and to have an actual tangible amount I think it would appease a lot of people in the sense that they would know that they would be kind of getting a return on all the money that they're putting in in regards to taxes but I mean in terms of like what it's actually going to do for the economy a thousand extra dollars in everybody's pocket at the end of the month I can't see how that's not going to be something that wouldn't increase consumerism as a whole I mean I really don't think it's going to change the way industries and the way some companies price their products at all because a thousand dollars isn't isn't that much to want to like hike prices up by that much but it's enough for people to want to go out and go to dinner and spend their money a little bit more frequently than they would if they didn't have that thousand dollars so I think it would work I think it's not too much of a radical idea to think of that because we have social programs as it is already that give out food stamps and stuff. So I don't see why this would be any different. It would just be tangible, actual liquid asset money that we could spend monthly. And it could go to a lot of stuff. It wouldn't have to even go to consumerism. It could go to insurance policies. It could go to medical bills. It could go to a lot of stuff. It could be used for basically anything. Yeah, I, like I said, on the surface, I was like, okay, this is a dumb idea, but he, he broke it down, like, where we would get it from, um, like, they were saying, they are calculating it, you gotta have, like, three trillion dollars a year or whatever, but he was just talking about how you could tap into welfare 
and how it would be a lot more <clears throat> it'd be a lot more efficient than a lot of the welfare services we have and it's not as handicapping as welfare is but what i like about the freedom dividend is because he talks about like the his motivation behind it is that ai is taking over and like the two most common jobs in america are like retail jobs front like bottom level bottom of the barrel retail jobs and trucking jobs and like he's i don't know he's like <clears throat> maybe he's like jumping the gun on it but he's like yeah in 10 years uh we're not gonna need like we're not gonna need humans to run registers and stuff and then same with truck driving like truck driving companies are already testing ai driving like self-driving trucks and stuff and that's the main reason why he wants to do it and he was talking about the one thousand dollars is not going to replace it because truck drivers make like 50k on average and then sometimes make more than that but he was just like it kind of gives you a good peace of mind and it'll help you get back off your feet and then um he goes into it a lot like i know i know you've probably heard a lot of what um like his spiel but my main thing is like the that one thousand dollars a month like what he wants to take place and come from it like the effect it's gonna take like like he said 10 or 15 maybe 20 years and like i just don't feel like america has enough patience for that they want they want progress now they want to see it right now they go to the debt clock website and they're like oh debt's still going trump's not a good president so <laughs> i just i don't think they have enough patience to see all those steps like actually take place and give it enough time but also do we have enough time for that either do we have 20 years to spare i don't know well i mean i'm gonna heart back a little bit back to his policy i think it's interesting that he mentioned the uh, amazon as a company when he was talking about where some of that money would would stem from and that's basically from the one percenters that are raking in billions and billions of dollars a year and how none of them really pay taxes at the end of the year. Yeah, Amazon paid zero last year. Yeah, like that's insane to me. I <laughs> yeah. mean, if you dude, I I sent you that chart of all that money that's being completely like shitted away by the government. It's rough. There's it's ridiculous. It's fourteen point eight billion per annually from the Walton family, eight point nine billion from Jeff Bezos, five point five billion from Mark Zuckerberg, three point two for Charles Koch, two point six for Sheldon Alderson, and one point three for Rupert Murdoch. All that money is just being shitted away by the government. Used on whatever. Anything. It could be like literally anything. It could literally just to be just to pay for whatever they felt would be necessary. Wasted on a committee, wasted on some of their private endeavors and expenditures. Pedophile but... stuff with Jeffrey Epstein, that's for sure. <laughs> Fuck Mark Zuckerberg, though. You mean the Fuck lizard? Him. Fuck all five of those. Especially the Walton family. I worked for them, and they can suck my dick. Don't hate. Don't hate the player. Hit the game, Gabriel. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, if I had as much money as they had, like, you can't sit here and virtue signal like a lot of people do and be like, oh, no, I would do this and that. 
You can't say that. You can't say that you wouldn't put your family first and put yourself and your future in the best hands, like... But still, though, yeah. Fuck Mark Zuckerberg, especially yeah, when... Yeah, because you're good. No, go ahead. Well, do you remember when he went on... He, like, he was getting questioned by the Senate and stuff? Yeah. Dude, that was funny because they were, like, taking the shit on him for spying on his consumers. And I was like, wait, what? Hello? Patriot Act? <laughs> you guys are lecturing Mark Zuckerberg? Like, we don't have to use Facebook, but we choose to. Whether you agree with it or not, it's still kind of like, we agree to it. But the government was taking shits on him. I'm like, you guys don't have room to talk. Yeah, I don't really think that has... I really don't think that he has any responsibility for it because at the end of the day, there is a terms of service that you agree to that nobody reads. And if you're willing to take a risk like that, I mean, on any social media site, your information's out there. You should kind of expect people to like go through your stuff. Like, I don't see how he has anything or has any bearing of, of an ability to change something like that other than to like implement a policy, but there's only so much he can do. He's running a business after all. He's not concerned with people's private information as much as he is making a profit and making something uh, stay relevant. Yeah. All that money, though, and those, like, five people or families is crazy. Super crazy and, like, it's so dirty. Like, man, like, when when Epstein, uh, quote-unquote, committed suicide, like, Man, all the people that he had dirt on, it's crazy. I expected it, though. Not surprised, but I just assume, like, when you're that rich and powerful, you're into some weird stuff. You like you like kids. You go to that island, and you touch kids, and then you have some weird-ass <laughs> goat rituals and stuff. Like, because it, cause it happens. It's so often. You go to the island and touch kids. <laughs> it's not, I'm not even kidding. Like, did you see that no. goat? Bill Clinton was on that flight list three times, three separate times to go to his island. I know what you're talking about, but I just, I think it's kind of funny. It's like, it's, it's kind of comedic when you think about something like that, even though it's something that's super awful and super terrible. It's kind of funny. Oh yeah, that's, making jokes of it um, kind of makes, uh, it lightens the mood because it's it's a dark topic. And I mean, a lot of time has passed so I can make the jokes. And like that podcast I was telling you to listen to, Mark Norman, dude, they go like, I know it's been said a lot, like, in terms of stand-up and comedy, like, how much the landscape has changed, but they really, like, go into it really good and talk about, like, how PC culture kind of taps into it. I think it's, people overreact to PC culture and its effect on comedy, but they definitely put some good, they put a good word out for that. It was really good. But it's like, everybody wants to be a part of something and everyone everyone understands like on social media because i feel like everybody's always been offended by comedy but now you have an outlet to express that outrage and being offended by something is kind of like i don't know it makes you it gives you a chance to not actually make a change but just kind of virtue signal and put some fake outrage out there because you get points for it like, you see, you see, do you have a Twitter? No, but I definitely frequently scroll through timelines and stuff like that. I don't have it myself, but I go and check other people's. And I go through, like, the internet browser. Yeah, you'll see. Me too. I don't have the app, but you'll see, like, anytime someone who 
maybe he is a Nazi, maybe he's not. But anytime someone like calls out a racist or like, oh, look at this video of me in public. I'm in Starbucks and this racist with a MAGA hat. Everybody's like, it's like <laughs> this toxic kind of fulfillment uh, that they achieve through through that like outrage and fake being offended and stuff like that. But I don't know, just social media, it's great. I think there's more good than bad with it, but it definitely gives, with, with everything, the good and bad. Um, there's just, there's always going to be disadvantages and one of them is just it gives gives an outlet to complainers unfortunately unfortunately that's how it is oh i know we were we were supposed to talk about epstein a long time ago but like that topic's kind of dead and gone dude yeah that guy's crazy i think we should hard back on yang though because like we kind of got sidetracked yeah we did I don't really think there's really much else to really discuss, though. I mean, the only thing that I can really talk about in regards to Andrew Yang is I think that him being a candidate and him actually getting a fair amount of, of media coverage and, and public public showing, I think it's good. I think it's good for the future of politics, and I think that having a candidate like him, whether or not he wins, is going to shed some light on what the future holds because the things that he's saying about artificial intelligence really taking over a large section of the workforce i think it's a very realistic and it's a very tangible problem that we're going to be encountering within the next 10 to 15 years and so i i think i'm i think i'm very optimistic and i think i'm very pleased with the way that some businessmen and some business people are taking matters matters into their own hands and oh, yeah. actually like seeking to change things for the better and not to just push around the the hypothetical kick the can uh way that politics typically is so I'm, I'm definitely pleased with that aspect of it whether or not he wins or not i think he's a progressive guy and that's gonna be well hopefully i hope that that's gonna be the norm from here on out yeah i I completely agree with everything you said. Like, I, I really like him. I like seeing businessmen do good things. And like, like you said, a lot of like politicians and businessmen will kick the can, and they always talk about change. They talk about solutions. But he he has a track record of actually helping communities. Like, I forget his venture that he has, but the one where they he created the like. I think it is maybe in the hundred thousands or maybe millions of jobs in all those inner cities. Like he actually has made a change. <clears throat> he has a good track record and I wish he had, I wish he had more uh, support, but I feel like, like you said, it's going to shed more light on, I like those, those young businessmen that are like energetic and like actually really making a change. And I don't think he's going to win the, election he was definitely not going to win the nomination but like it's going to shed light on him as a person and what he's about and it will get him more support like because i know he's not president or die he's he's running for president he wants to to help people but he's going to move on and he's going to keep helping inner cities and communities outside of that i just like seeing a candidate like that and another another reason why i really i like andrew yang is because you know how my dad's been in the Navy for like 
it's 22 years now, I think. Maybe yeah. He's been in forever, and he's been dragging his feet on getting out because he doesn't have any... This is the only job he's had, and he has the type of job you can't you can't get a civilian job off of that. And he's been yeah. worried about providing for the family. And Andrew Yang, his, his military focus is focusing more on, like, future technologies to better protect the United States rather than spending it all on bombing and, like... <laughs> Getting into wars that we don't need to, like getting involved with, like we could totally get involved with Iran and Saudi Arabia with that big gas thing lately um, that happened recently. But his focus is helping, helping veterans and like setting it up to make it easier for veterans to get out of the military because they know, he knows how hard it is for them to like live a good life and be happy and be able to survive getting out of the military. So he has like. He has a lot of like a lot of programs and ideas for veterans and helping them like get back into society because when you're in the military it's like it's a whole it's so different in the real world. Like I had to quit my first job I got here because there's like this dude that got in my face, this old dude, like he wanted to like fight. I didn't want to kill him because if I would have hit him with the right hook he would have died. And like I had a bunch of manager problems like they were like talking down to me um saying a bunch of bs and when i talked to my dad about it he was like i don't know what to say because in the navy it's allowed <laughs> but he's like in the real world you can't do that but mainly that's that's why i like andrew yang because of those two the freedom dividend and his plan for like helping displaced workers um because of ai and then also helping veterans because he's not trying to he's not putting flex tape on the problem while they're in the military he's trying to set up he's trying to like yeah he's trying to help them before they get out so they can have a bunch a bunch more resources and help when they get out not put a sticker on there now and then hope for the best and that's why i think i'm voting for him i actually had no idea uh, of any of his like military policy up until now, so I'm glad you told me that. But I yeah, think it's... that's a good idea. I, like I said, he he's a progressive guy, and I'm always going to be on board with somebody who's looking towards getting ahead of the problem rather than trying to fix it and like throw money at it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm definitely more on board. Yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. I, I I would love to see him, um, like in the debates. Like I haven't really, I've only really watched caught a, a couple of the democratic debates but i can't like i can't sit through them they're so bad dude, like, same with... they're so bad like they're not even debates dude they're literally they're actually media they're, they're, it seems like there's some puppets they seem like they're puppets on puppet strings they don't answer questions it's always been like that it's it's pretty sad and people actually watch them and think that they're actually going to get some substantive answer out of them but it's okay, they're basically though. forced to—they're basically forced to spew out their policies in a 10-second soundbite, which is, first of all, impossible, and second, not efficient. Yeah, no. I, um, so you—it's okay though when it comes to that because the average viewer base for CNN is 69 years old, and the average viewer base age for Fox is 70. So soon those boomers will die, and we won't have those. <laughs> We're going to have uh, CNN and Fox forever, especially Fox. Fox has yes. TV shows. They have movies. We're... 
Fox is going to be there forever. But the good thing is almost nobody is watching um, Fox and CNN. Almost nobody watches the lamestream media because it sucks. NBC, Fox, CNN, um, CBS, all, all of those news, like all of that stuff is bad. Like nobody generation X and below actually takes that stuff seriously really. I mean, BuzzFeed yeah, and Vox I... and Vice, they play to, like, um, yeah, they play to those cucks, um, <laughs> but. No, I definitely agree with you. I definitely think that old guard media as a whole, I think the word has clearly gotten out on them being not only untrustworthy, but obsolete, and certainly the word has gotten out that they're, they've been politically leaning for for many years now with uh with an agenda in mind as they're doing that so they got killed um at the two the 2016 election really put the nail in the coffin for them because of all the polls and stuff and yeah yeah that's pretty fair yeah it was it was great to see um i don't know i think for the 2020 election i think the silent majority is going to win trump the re-election the same way it won his first election because yeah it's the silent majority is what got him the election the first time and if either joe biden or elizabeth warren win the democratic nomination which it's going to be one of those two i I just don't see them beating trump like especially with like oh you don't tell me dude i i can't stand the idea of joe biden getting a democratic nomination i understand that the debates don't mean anything but he looks so terrible and so old and so incompetent on stage answering questions dude it's like actually cringing those debates between him and trump are just going to be comedy central roast battles like oh my god it's gonna gonna be be so so bad the memes though the memes It's like, I don't know, like, I laugh at it, but at the same time, it's scary. It's just, I'm here in Germany, so it's okay. I don't have free speech here in Germany. (laughs) (laughs) I'm allowed to say the the N-A word. N-A-Z word. No, I'm just kidding. I can, like, it was was really blown up and it was blown out of proportion before I came here by Americans. Those, you know, I was telling you about those super close-minded Americans that hate their experience in germany because they're so close-minded like i'm allowed to criticize the government i do it all the time here even though i'm not a citizen so i shouldn't really and like we're allowed to talk about the holocaust and like nazis in our own it's just they kind of erase it from schools and then also if you hail hitler oh my gosh i saw a video of a dude doing it in public in germany and he just got tackled they tackled yeah that's him not cool at all i don't no, think it's not even funny like that it's not even funny, like, unless it's on South Park. But you were talking about you're talking about Bernie earlier, and I want to get your your Bernie talk out of the way. Well, before we even go into that, I want to know what your gripe is against him. Um, so like I I said it in the last podcast with Eric, or maybe it was the one before that. Um. But I don't have anything against Bernie as a person because, like, you've seen the videos and the pictures of him, like, part of, like, the resistance or whatever in the 80s. 
and he stands for what he says, and I give that to him, but you you know how I am, like, the government's corrupt, right? And you money is power. If you put money into the government's hands, you're just, you're, you're biting your tail at this point. And Bernie Sanders, like, democratic socialist plan is just putting money into the hands of the government, and that's... I, I don't like socialism. I, I'm i starting to change my view on democratic socialism because I don't know too much about it, but I just feel like it's it's like Pokemon, okay? Phase one is democratic socialism, phase two is socialism, and phase three is communism. And I just... I don't... I don't like his tax plan. Like, I don't support taxing people who make over 200,000, 45% or whatever he said. Like... Just putting money into the government's hands. <clears throat> That's why I don't support him. And he was part of the Communist Party in the 80s. I'm not a communist. I hate communism. So Correct was me he really if I'm wrong. A part of the Communist Party in the 80s? Yeah. Dude. <clears throat> no way. I have to look that up right now. Yeah. I I'll mean. Find, I'll find some non-fake news and I'll send it. It would be hypocritical of me to be like, well, you know, everybody... Everybody has the mistake that they made in their past, and I think they should be forgiven. But the only reason why I dislike Joe Biden as much as I do is because I learned that during the whole crack epidemic, he was one of the front runners as a 44-year-old senator or whatever he was for enacting a bill that would put crack cocaine and powder cocaine into two separate sentence charges. So obviously crack cocaine would be associated closely with inner cities and impoverished communities and therefore they would be they would be handed the stricter sentence of the two and in turn they would be disproportionately arresting individuals from impoverished neighborhoods and backgrounds and stuff like that. And so it was basically another way to to round up black people and to incarcerate them unfairly and i think that's really awful and i don't think i could ever forgive somebody for doing something like that so yeah <clears throat> there's a lot <clears throat> there's a lot to not like joe biden for but what you just told me is like brand new i did not know that yeah it's pretty well documented too i don't i'm i guess i'm not really surprised that it hasn't gotten so much media coverage given that the media to uphold him as something of a of a competent candidate, run very far from the truth. But yeah, it's def you can look it up yourself. It's it's definitely well documented at this point. Yikes! Yeah, Joe he's Biden actually has come a... forward and apologized for it, and mm. he said that he he made a mistake. But I mean, sure. to to elect somebody that has that little foresight of an impact that would have on a social community as fragile as impoverished neighborhoods are it's it's pretty sickening to me yeah he's the worst and yeah but it's it's gonna be him he's going to win i don't know dude i don't know given i mean if if djt could have pulled it off i think anything could happen I, yeah, i'm not gonna hold he my breath have and the say... appeal. he doesn't have that appeal i don't think he he's only liked because he was obama's vice pres that's literally the only reason why. That's that's the only thing he has going for him 
is the fact that he's going to be able to ride in potentially on Obama's coattails. That's the only thing he has going for him. He has literally nothing else on on the basis of credibility in any facet at all. Nothing. Yeah, and do you remember the the 2016, uh, no, the 2012 debates when all he did was laugh and say malarkey? I'm like, dude, I can't take you serious. Like, even if I agreed with him politically, like, it's not a good look. Malarkey? Yeah, he's pretty bad. And then he's White like Pocahontas the is not going to win either. Who? Elizabeth Warren? Warren? I don't even know where she's getting popularity from. I genuinely have no idea. She women? came out of left field to me. Really? Is it just women? Mm-hmm. God. Oh, man. Did you see... Uh, it's official, dude. Kamala Harris is... Uh, she's got the, her list of impeachable offenses by Trump, and now they're like actually moving to impeach him. So I don't know. I don't, I... Really, I don't really get the, the, the appeal of doing it so late in... The administration, I mean, given that he's probably, in my opinion, I think he's going to be done within the next few months come November. But they dropped that transcript from his call with Ukraine and there wasn't there wasn't a lot of uh, there wasn't any what do you call it? There wasn't any like Watergate type stuff, but he was just asking it was it was just talk about Joe Biden and it. It was weird, but I just like, <clears throat> like I've always said, like the Democratic Party has more issues within their own party than they do with Trump and Trump's going to shoot himself in the foot. Like he, he tarnishes his own reputation worse than the Democratic Party does. None of what the Democrats do make me dislike Trump more than what he does himself. Like, yeah. He's he's done a couple of good things, um, but yeah, I'd like change. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't cry if he got reelected. I wouldn't scream at this guy like the one kid. I like what he's done for military support, and it's about it. He gave he gave us a backbone again. That was that was cool, because Obama turned us into cucks. When he was like, "Hey, hey, Iraq, we're gonna pull out on this date." So you can come back in and slaughter your people because we, because George W. Bush bombed the shit out of you guys, destroyed you, and then I'm gonna pull you out before we create a stable government and a military. See ya. And then there was a power vacuum there, and that's where ISIS is. So when you remember when Trump said that Obama created ISIS, and everyone laughed yeah. at him. He didn't yeah. technically create ISIS, obviously, but he definitely, with he didn't, he probably didn't intend to, but he aided in their like their power trip and how powerful they grew by pulling out of Iraq so early. But that's also George W. Bush's fault, so we shouldn't have been there in the first place. You know, I just, I'm going to keep it real. I really don't get the Donald Trump appeal unless you're a military veteran. I feel like that's the only real... Um, voting demographic. About the South? Well, I'm talking about like actual tangible people who have logical uh, oh. intentions, not people who like to have sex with their, with their <laughs> with their cousins <laughs> and their family members. 
But I, that's really the only way I would see him having an appeal to somebody. I think that's the only positive he's he's done for any uh, voter demographic. Because when it comes to any type of minority or any type of um, uh, conservative, I, I don't even think the, the economy is doing as well as people think it is. I was reading articles a couple of weeks ago saying that most uh, 70% of economists say that the, the economy is showing signs of a recession to come and that a lot of, a lot of uh, well-known investors are exhibiting behaviors that uh, mirrored what was going on in the 2008-2009 recession. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> I'll have to look into it more, but I definitely know a lot of like the statistics that people shoot out when they're like, oh, th these jobs being created and this economic growth, it's like short term. It's what Americans love, though. Like we we're talking about, they love seeing stuff happen fast, but it's not it's not going to help us in the long term. Mm -hmm. It's it's just a temporary fix. It's he's throwing flex tape on the on the fucking glass of water. <laughs> but what what do you what do you think about like because <clears throat> like the stats and the numbers for like minority jobs are there? What do you think about those? Do you think they're misleading? Do you need to look into it more? Because I don't know too much about it, so I'm asking you. Yeah, I would have to look into it more, but I mean, I'm more of a humanitarian guy. I'm not so much into the the economic side of a president or like really the international uh, uh, relations policy thing. I'm just it's from just strictly from a humanitarian aspect for him to go out and to treat illegal or not immigrants like basically farm animals. I don't think that's right. And I think it's a really, really bad look on the behalf of the United States to be one of the most powerful countries in the world and like to have videos of Mexican immigrants caged up like animals and to be stuck there for days. Whether or not they put themselves in that predicament or not, I don't think that matters. I think that's wrong. And the fact that he's trying to erect a wall is actually mindless and retarded to me. And I, I like genuinely mean that. You, We've talked about it a lot. You're joking. You actually think the wall is a good idea? Yeah. Why? Because there's already a wall there. <laughs> so and how is building have... another wall? Okay, it's, go ahead. It's just you got to have strong borders to have a country. That's my thing. Okay, well, do you want to talk about it in the economic terms of what it's going to cost people? Because when you think about it, okay. The money's already there. Listen, 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 listen. hold on. Let me give you this. So building the wall itself is going to cost something of upwards of 600 to 700 trillion dollars, or no, billion dollars. Whatever yeah, number it is. Trillion. It's, it's a lot of money. Okay? It's already being built. And it's already being built right not, now. But it's, but it's not done yet, is my point. What I'm trying to say is that's just the money that's going to be shelled out from taxpayers just to build it itself. And once it's done, what's going to happen then? We're just going to leave it alone? No. It's basically going to be a cash cow for the government to draw even more taxes and throw it towards because we're going to need to manage it. We're going to need to upkeep it. We're going to need to employ people to work the wall and 
to operate it just as every other normal border system that works pretty pretty fine in my experience. So I just think it's a it's a black hole for tax money to go into, and, and I really don't think it's gonna do any good because number one, like you said, we already have a wall and we already have a border system, and for the it's most part, good, it works though. pretty it's not well. Efficient. No. How is it not efficient when the numbers of immigrants crossing has considerably gone down? That's being worked out by ICE and Border Patrol. That's not being worked out by a wall. A wall that's going to cost a ridiculous amount of money, as I've already mentioned. The wall isn't doing anything because it's not done yet. It's the people who are rounding up immigrants and who are actually boots on ground picking them up and monitoring the area, which they weren't doing before because there's gaps. And now they're watching out for gaps. So that's how they're running. And now they don't know where to go, so they're not crossing anymore. But while it's just going to create more of a problem, I don't understand how you would think that building something on top of something instead of actually having people regulate it and monitor it would make sense. When there's already people monitoring and regulating it, the money doesn't I, need to go to a wall. It just is, needs to go to more employees and to more resources for them. I think I just think it's a good deterrent from because we obviously, like you were saying, the way that we treat illegals, like keeping them in those, they're like concentration camps to me. Not that Basically. extreme though. But yeah, that's not that bad, but they're still pretty inhumane. If you think about it, if we put the wall up, it's keeping, it's preventing more people from coming in and then getting put in those camps. They shouldn't get put there in the first place, but it's already happening, and people are turning their eyes away from it. But we'll have to see how it plays out. But I mean, sort of playing a devil's advocate a little bit. I don't really have an opinion on the wall. Like, I just, I don't see a problem with it. Um, I don't love it though. It's just, I just want to. I want to see how it plays out. I think there's worse things that could be done than building a wall. I mean, I don't know. I, I just wouldn't like to see my tax dollars go to something that is basically an extension of what already exists. And I would rather focus on. Speeding up the process of allowing people to get their citizenship or get a green card, which really is the root of the problem. That's why they're crossing over. Yeah, the process needs to be. It needs to be a lot smoother. That's where the. That's like an. That's where we need an Andrew Yang. That was another thing that he talked about. His. His like. Immigration process like, um, reform. You should look into that. But that's where the basis of the problem is, for sure. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't see how throwing out billions and billions of dollars towards a wall is going to fix anything. When it's this, more the problem itself, it's so easy. The problem itself is so easy. It's just you fix a system that's already slow, that's very, very bureaucratic, and you modernize it. That'll but create like I jobs. Said, like I said, like what we were talking about, nobody wants to wait. Americans want change right away and they hate long they they hate processes that take long 
and fixing the immigration processes, it takes longer than building a wall. Building a wall is a fast, quick patch. It's a quick band-aid, and that's what people want to see. They like seeing the surface-level progress. They see it as progress, and they don't want to wait. Also, a lot yeah. of people don't acknowledge that the immigration process is a huge problem. Everyone's yeah, always I would like, agree with you. you see those MAGA hat, uh, yee super loud trucks, the dudes from, they look like Ed and Betty <laughs> when they put the jawbreakers in their cheeks with their chew. They're just like, come here legally. I'm like, you don't understand. They're trying to do that. They already tried it probably like two or three times. It takes too long. I don't blame them for coming here illegally because I'm not waiting 10 years sitting in the streets with, with my family and having all the, the cartel shootings and crazy shit that happens in Mexico. I'm not waiting. I'm taking my kids and I'm taking the risk. But yeah, it's it's just a quick fix. That's why it's so popular. Nobody wants pork, to wait. Pork barrel politics. That's yeah. what it is. Unfortunately. But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. We live in a crazy, crazy time. It's exciting, but it's also kind of tension grabbing. I wish more people got involved, but that's it's always been like that. Just no matter what, like I wish people would, no matter what they stand for, even if it's if there's one person agreeing with them, like. I just wish they would, I just hope they're educated and they stick with it. That's all. Yo, can you hear me? Yeah. Alright. We live in a society. I agree. <laughs> Alright. Let's end it here. Thanks for coming on my podcast, Heck and Hector. Let's do it again in the future. Yeah, this is actually a lot more fun than I thought it would be. And we didn't even get to everything, so... Damn. I don't know. Okay, we'll, I see how it is. We'll, yeah, we'll hash it out. We'll definitely hash out at a new time. And all we'll right, do it cool. all again. Yeah, definitely. Thank you to everybody who tuned in to this episode of Zendependently Minded. Don't forget to stay tuned for more future content like this. Don't forget, the world is in our hands. Let's do something with it.